What's up, True Selfie fam? We are about to walk into season three of True Selfie. I literally cannot believe what God is doing through this platform. When I started this, I was reminded of the truth found in Zechariah 4.10, and it says, Do not despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To think just months ago, I blindly opened the door to this platform, and then to see now the number of people that are touched, the countries that are reached, it is truly a miracle and blessing from God. So to say that we are starting season three is mind-blowing to me. So would you join with me in prayer as we reveal some heart conditions that are keeping God's people bound? This new season titled The Uncircumcised Heart will spotlight some areas in ourselves that we need to address some roots that need pulled. So get your gardening gloves on. It's springtime, baby. Let's get to de-weeding. All right. Welcome into another week of True Selfie. I hope you guys are having a good one. And hi, Jess. Hey, how's it going? Not too shabby. How about you? You know what? I'm doing really good today. It's a beautiful morning out. I got three quarters of a pot of coffee in me. Like I'm Let's do it. Let's go. I'm like the complete opposite. I've been up (laughs) since 2.30. Not feeling great. So we have both sides of the spectrum here today. (laughs) I think my low and your high should level us out to be pretty good, though. We're going to be mediocre. So comments from last week. What what, what were your thoughts? Oh, we're just going straight into that. Okay. I, I don't know how long I thought about it. It was a long time after I heard it. But when you said that, uh, I'm trying to get your exact words. All right. Well, first off. Oh, whoa. Okay. Well, so we're no, not. Wait, are you that. ever going to say anything negative? Oh. I'm just asking. Like in public like this? No, I'm just saying because every time <laughs> I you, ask. You're supposed to praise in public and critique in private. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I'll take the critiques later then. <laughs> no, I don't. I feel like though the critiques could be nicer if they're in public. <laughs> Oh, you think I'd have to tone them down? I, uh, what is there to critique? You are doing something that. No, I wasn't looking for a compliment though. Oh, no, (laughs) I, no, I, I, uh, I don't know what you're getting at, but why would I critique you when you're doing something that, that people appreciate, um, that you are led by God to do that's helping people? Why would I, God told you to do it. So I can't, what am I, who am I to jump in on that situation and be like, you're doing it wrong. No, I know. I was okay. Just critique to... in public. Are you ready? No. No. Come on. <laughs> come on. You asked for it. We're, we're going to rewind. You asked for it. Um, personally, I want you to launch it earlier on Thursday. Okay. Like we talked the other day because I, I you listened to, it. I listened to it in the car and on my way to home from work. And sometimes they don't have enough time to exactly finish it or I have to sit in the driveway and finish it. So if I can listen to it on the way in and the way home or something, then then that helps me out. Okay. Boom. I can handle. Boom. Critiqued. It will now be released at 5 a.m. Well, I don't get up till 5.10, so that is acceptable. Okay. No. <laughs> but what were your takeaways? What You said you were thinking about it for a while. Yeah. The... Uh, I had the, I think I had the exact quote, but it it is gone now since we jumped into that whole <laughs> rabbit hole of critiques. Uh, nothing like critiquing your wife in public for marriage counseling, but uh, it is the wealth is a responsibility to do good. Yes, that was huge. 
to me. Mm-hmm. I believe, you know, the more I thought about that, the people that I see that are happy and have what seems to be more money than we do or, or just lots of money, they are givers. And I believe that God truly honors that. And I see people in my life give money away and just continue to give money away. And somehow they have money again next time it's time to give more away. And it is absolutely amazing to see that. I thought you were going to say something about, um, like one of the verses that I read was about like extravagant, extravagantly generous. And I'm, and the reason I say that is because you're like so excited to oh, hear yeah, yeah, our yeah. Dave Ramsey class. Oh, um, I am. actually by the time this airs, it would have, we've already would have been able to hear it. We but, will have hopefully graduated financial peace university. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, I think that's, giving and greed are obviously probably opposites. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, I I certainly would where you hoard something for yourself instead of sharing it with others. Yeah. Instead of allowing it to be replenished by God. Listen, people, you can only spend so much money. You only need so much money. When you get to a certain point, just think and start giving it away. Right. I mean, what are you going to do with all of that stuff? Um, there's a guy that is, uh, retired now for a few years that I work with and he's been diagnosed with something and he's like, I don't have enough time left to spend all the money that I worked to save up. And he is, he's in the process of buying vehicles for his family and doing the things that he can, he earned that money. And it, it sounds like there'll probably be a little bit or some left over for, them, you know, after, you know, his time on earth ends, but he's, he's still enjoying it by giving things for other. What I love to give stuff away. I mean, it's, I, I tell you what, I feel greedy or selfish when I give something away, I'll give it away. See somebody makes, it makes them happy. And then I bet I get 10 times happier than they <clears throat> I know. Do. And that's what I was saying last week is I was like, Jesse is like one of the most generous people. And I really feel that way. You really are very generous. A lot more generous than I am. I don't know about that. You said that at the end of your podcast, and I certainly appreciate the praise in public (laughs) like that. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, I love, I love to give. And when you, if you love somebody and you figure out something good to give them, whether it's a birthday present or whatever, whatnot, and you're able to actually give it to them and then they, it's not necessarily the gift, but they realize that you've paid attention to them in their life and uh, you, you know, you might kind of know who they are and then they see that in the gift. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so that's that generous, um, you know, ability to be generous is the complete opposite of what greed is because greed is selfishly wanting more. Um, we defined that last week as always hungry for more, um, desire for more. And so, um, I was reading, uh, first Timothy. And I like, this is kind of where I wanted to start the conversation today because it's a relevant way that we can talk about greed in the Christian life and in, in the, in, in the local church or whatnot. And it is first Timothy six ten. It says the love of money causes all kinds of evil. Some people have left the true faith because they want to get more and more money, but they have caused themselves much sorrow. So my thought on this 
Do you want me to read it again? No, I got okay. it. No, I got My it. My thought on this, and I, we see this in the church so many times. Um, people pray and pray and pray for uh, new jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, pray for financial healing, for, for financial blessings. And then they get said job. God answers said prayer. God blesses financially to where they're making more money. Um, and you hear the testimony, you know, they come in, they say the testimony, God bless me. I want to tell you about a miracle that he did for me. And then they are like not in church for like months. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a very real depiction of how that works. Now, not necessarily they left the the faith for good. Um, not saying that they're not Christian because they haven't been to church, but just a sign of what happens when you put money and you put that desire for more above God, above what he deems important. And we talked about priorities of the Christian life. What's important is not being prosperous. It's being loving God with your whole heart, Mm -hmm. loving your family, stewarding your family, you know, friends, helping others, serving others. So those are the things that are important in the Christian life. And so just seeing that depiction in like a normal setting, you know, it kind of spoke to me that way. Yeah. I mean, when somebody says they want more, more of anything, like you said, money or property or house or uh, four wheelers or to be involved in sports or whatnot or any of that stuff, when people want more, um, maybe they haven't had more because God knows if they got more, it would consume them and they're not ready for it yet. I do believe it's even in uh, the teachings of Dave Ramsey about how God doesn't just give us lots of money because if you or some people don't just get it right away because you're not ready for it yet. There's lots of things in our life that we're not ready for. Not that I I love it, but it has always been interesting to me that if you look up the history of large dollar amount lottery winners in the United States, a lot of them have very failed lives after that. Yeah. A lot of people maybe die from drug overdoses or they dry, mm-hmm. die in like big expensive car accidents or they buy houses uh, that they can only afford for a short time and there are massive amounts of debts. And listen, they just, they're not ready for it yet. And I was doing um, a Bible study this morning on healing about past trauma and all that stuff uh, on the Version Bible app. And, and it talks about like God, well, I forget which scripture it was, but it's the one about, you know, you go through trauma and things and it builds endurance and, and, and it mm-hmm. builds everything that you need. <clears throat> To be able to get you through the junk in the future. So you might not just land on a large wad of cash. And that might be just sit back and think. And think well you know yeah. I would have I just would have went and bought a new car with that. And not been better financially off at all. Probably would have had a higher insurance premium. And maybe they actually had a little uh, less total income at the end of the day. Yeah and that's kind of like we like told last week. We've um been there, done that, <laughs> where we're like, we've got large couple, sums of money couple times, yep. and we're just like, thank you. And it just goes. And we're like, what happened with that? Yep. I, I, on the opposite end of the spectrum, every once in a while we get a, 
large sum of money. I don't listen, people. I don't want to act like large sums of money come into their life like all the time. I don't know how it sounds right now, but it, it's nothing like that. But like, let's say we work hard and we we save up money and w- and we have like money in our savings, which you know is amazing feeling. But it does. It even when we have that money, it'll cause issues in our marriage because. Sometimes I want to spend it and sometimes Brooke don't and sometimes Brooke wants to spend it and sometimes I don't. And those conversations are like, what would we have this money for? What are we going to do with it? Sometimes when there's no money or less money, it is, it is much easier because something comes up and we're both like, nope, can't do that. And then, and then we're both on the same page. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what the last part of that verse was talking about is, um, you know, those people who want more and more and more, um, they've caused themselves much sorrow. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree that there's been certain times in my life where I've either wanted, uh, more from my job or more from other things. And then when that time passes and I don't get that thing, I sit back and look and I'm like, Oh, that would have like taken me out of this ministry or I would have had to do this or would have had to do that. And, and maybe I wouldn't have been able to help coach, you know, baseball or something. And I sit back and look and I'm like, yeah, that was, that was too much. And God knew it. Yeah. There's a cost to everything. Um, there's a cost to having more, um, and there's a cost to following Christ. And so I think when we talk about like the laying down of self, you know, when we're supposed to lay down our cross daily and follow him or pick up our cross daily and follow him. Um, that cost us something and so many people don't want to sacrifice said things in their life because the sacrifice is too great to them in their flesh, but it's the same way in life. Like anything that you're doing in life, there's a cost to it and there's a sacrifice and the reward and the peace and the joy that you get from following Christ and laying down yourself for him is far greater than anything that the world will try to put in flash in front of your eyes and and tell you that, um, this is the life you want. You know, Mm -hmm. I I always go back to the quote, like you think you're irreplaceable at work, but as soon as you quit or get fired, they have a replacement almost immediately because work must keep going on. So you are absolutely replaceable at work at home and at your church, you are not, um, especially at home. You're, you're the only father those children have, or you're mm-hmm. the only mother those children have. You are not replaceable at home, but at work you are. I absolutely love my job. I love what I do. Uh, it, it really fits my personality and, and my loves and everything that God put inside of me. Uh, but it is only a job. That, that's that's all it is, and it it doesn't provide me with my income. God provides me with my income and allows me to work there. Um, so First Timothy six nine it says, "Those who want to become rich bring temptation to themselves. They Ooh. are caught in a trap. They begin to want many foolish things that will hurt them, things that ruin and destroy people." What do you think? What do you think that means? Like. They want to become rich and that brings temptation. Well, I think that um, when somebody looks at something and they realize they want it, whether a new car or whatnot or anything, they make sacrifices 
to get there. And it's it's tempting them. You get a little bit of money and you see, well, what's possible if you get a little bit more of that? So I, I think it, it changes the way you think. It changes your path and you start working towards that instead of maybe what your actual goal was. But you bring temptation into your life. When you have money, you are tempted to spend it or to do things. With it, with I guess, it. maybe is what. Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, do we think it's only, I don't know if it's only about money, but there are lots of other things. I mean, yeah, it just says rich. Yeah. Yep. So, what other thoughts do you have about greed? Is there anything that, like, I didn't touch on that you kind of made you think about something? So, when I think of other things, um, obviously, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening to the podcast right now is thinking of the Mace and Puff Daddy song, Mo Money, Mo Problems. <laughs> I, no. I'm pretty sure I'm feeling it like everybody is. I was going to play it. If you weren't thinking about it, you're thinking about it now, and you can hear it going off in your ears. I wish I could sing because I would I don't sing. even know how it sounds, so it's what? not going off in my head. Oh, man. The first few opening notes. But anyways, that's old Jesse talking about that. But the, I'll tell you what. I start thinking back to like the early years of our marriage when we had very little stuff and a life seemed to be a little more simple. Um, I don't think greed is just things. Uh, it is also like things that you are involved in and we are involved in a lot right now, which is, is so much fun and good and you can minister in everything. But when you get greedy about, uh, wanting your kids to do the best in all this and the best in all that. And, and you just want to, you want them to have fun and be proud of what they're doing and to do their best. But you, there's little, very little chance that what you're investing a lot of your time in will actually propel them to, you know, be crazy rich in the future or be well off. So I think you can not only greed over material possessions, but greed over, skills and talent and recognition and I think that's where a lot of people get lost in the greed sometimes you know if you're if you're greedy for recognition sometimes it looks like you're greedy for money and that stuff too and sometimes those can kind of go hand in hand yeah I never really thought about um greed in the sense of like doing more and more and more and more because we can totally in this culture that we live in with busyness um you know, Landon's got to do this and this and this and mm-hmm. that. And in order for him to be, you know, top of the top in those, all three of those categories, it takes a sacrifice of our family to do all of those mm-hmm. things. And then when you have two other children that are doing other things, it, it can be very overwhelming. Um, so what do you think, like, how do we make sure that we aren't allowing this the thought of wanting more to take over you know what I mean like what are what are some red flags what are some ways that we can see it what are some ways that you think that we could practically do that the easiest I think quickest sign is is it taking you away from God is it taking you away from your physical presence in church can you not go to church because of something that is going on in your life um, to me, that feels like greed and that how can how can it be more obvious that your goals 
in this world are more important than your goals in the next. If if you're not going to church for some reason, well, I do my Bible study at 5.30 in the morning. I don't know why I got like a Southern <laughs> Bell accent there or something. <laughs> no, that was Southern Bell. I don't, I don't know, but I'm going to stop it right now. <laughs> but if whatever you're doing in your life is taking you away from God and worshiping, and and you're finding other excuses for that. There are seasons in life where people say, you know, I'm doing this instead of that. Like I, I get some of that, but if it's taking you away from God, then it probably is agreed. Right. And that's kind of where that verse was that we talked about in the beginning was, um, you know, the greed of more makes people turn away from the faith. Um, the greed of busyness, the greed of more like exerting yourself into more, um, could result in that. And Matthew six twenty is perfectly um, in line with what you were saying there. It says, so store your treasure in heaven. The treasures in heaven cannot be destroyed by moths or rust, and thieves cannot break in and steal that treasure. Mm-hmm. So there's no, you know, all of the things of this earth are going to pass away, just like the Bible tells us our eternal, like the crowns that we're eternally preparing for right now that we get to obtain in heaven are going to be way more worth the truck out in the driveway that's rusted. Yeah, it has the standard (laughs) rust for a truck that's 12 years old, yes. But everything wears out in this world. I mean, look at my lower back. My lower back is wearing out, like as we speak in this chair right now. Um, Ooh, I love this. Your gold and silver will rust, and rust will be a proof that you were wrong. It will eat your bodies like fire. You saved your treasure for the last day. So anything that fades away is our indicator. It's probably not the right thing. Yes. Although, uh, technically speaking, gold does not rust. Really? Yeah, um, that's one of the things that's made the metal really valuable over the years. Not the only, Bible says your gold and silver will rust. It, yeah, they're probably. Are you telling me that God's word is lying? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so when people think of rust, it probably doesn't actually it doesn't actually rust like a, a steel wood or any of that stuff. But it does form like an oxidation layer to protect it from, um, or maybe it's a passivation. I can't think. I of love the type that of layer. you think you're more intelligent than our heavenly Father. No. <laughs> I'm just saying that's why, like, the, in your electronics, that's why the contacts are gold and whatnot. And that's how they can withstand all that stuff. They have a very thin layer of it. And you can actually beat gold thin enough to where you can see through it. Um, I do kind of really forget what I was going to say. And Before that, that, we were talking the about... The rest will be proof that you were in the wrong. So anything that is failing or anything that can be stolen, anything that can be taken away, um, anything with the stock market, if it's crashing... Like that kind of stuff. If you're putting your hope and faith in that, yeah. that's how you know you're in the wrong. Yeah. And when I listen, if you go to church, which you should, and you sit back and look at people that are following God, that are, are going after him and obeying his principles all the time or all the time that you can see and whatnot, they might not look crazy rich but their lives are so stable i think from the absence of greed that they know what is important they follow god they put their treasures in heaven and god provides for them on this earth everything they need not what they want our wants come from our flesh 
And that is what gets us in trouble. Our listen, our flesh is the issue. Okay. Like it's, it is, that's, that's what it is. First Timothy six, six is what this says. It is true that serving God makes a person very rich. If he is satisfied with what he has. So our richness is not found in dollars. Some people's may be, some people may get rich from serving God, you know, um, I got a comment from somebody really close in my life this week that they, you know, they're starting to realize that a career and money and things don't really seem to make them happy in their lives. That they, they believe that they're going to be the happiest in a, in a a servant lifestyle and they just want to help other people out. Uh, They don't necessarily want to be tied down by a job or bills or, or any of that. And, uh, I think that would be the richness for this person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's, it's all about perception mm-hmm. and the way that you view rich. Is it the definition that is um, truly aligned with what God considers rich? I think if you have money, some uh, money's great. It can solve a lot of things. I get it. Pastor says it. Everybody says it. Um, but it can cause other issues. It can cause people to come in your lives that you don't need in your lives. I love that. I'm just trying to skim over a couple other verses that talk about that. But, um, I think first Timothy six seventeen says, give this command to those who are rich with things of this world. So these are people who are technically rich, right? Yeah. That have resources. Yes. Yep. Tell them not to be proud. Tell them to hope in God, not their money. Money cannot be trusted, but God takes care of us richly. He gives us everything to enjoy. I think that's the part that people who are, what did you call them? Resourceful? Yeah, they have have resources. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't feel like they need God. They have it naturally They've placed their trust in the bank account. They've placed their trust in the stock market. They've placed their trust in whatever. Um, And that is where the root of, it says like the money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. The love of money. Uh, Let me re-quote that because I'm pretty sure it says the love of money. And so that's why God wants to make sure that we have the right perception of rich. And I... What were your comment? What's your comment on when I said last week about Christians, not the meaning of Christianity is not to be prosperous. Like that's not part of the Christian life. That's not what a Christian life is about. Let me rephrase that as prosperity. What is your thoughts on Christians being resource, having resources like Rich Christians. Yeah. Like and what we're, if, we're probably specifically talking about money at this point in time. Like, what's my opinion on rich Christians? Well, like, um, sometimes I, I think about, like, why there aren't more prosperous people in the church, I guess is what I'm asking. I think there are. You think there are prosperous? I think they're just not. They're the humble ones. Or they wouldn't be prosperous. I think there are probably lots of prosperous people in the church that's how, you know, God works through them in a humble manner and funds a lot of the church. But uh, are we not? You just don't see a lot of money in the church is what I'm trying to say. You go to every church building and every church building, there's 
they're just it's like destroyed unless there are churches that are like thousands of people do you know what i mean but you go to a doctor's office and it's like you know yeah but everybody walks in there complaining about how the doctor bills are too high and all that like they hate that they're like these people are charging too much money but and if you went into a church that had marble floors and marble walls and all that you'd be like where's our money going you know there are certain sects in the religion out there that spend all of their money on their buildings like i'm happy to be part of a religion that gets enough money in to keep the building there's there but might they're be outsourcing a, it yeah there might be a leak or two in the roof or whatnot but over and all it's a sound building you know it's warm in the winter cold in the summer and but the monies go to to missions you know yeah no that's good i never thought about it like that it's just like you go i remember taking we had some neighbor kids that we took with us to church and I think because we are so involved in our church and we talk about it all the time, they assumed that the building was going to be like this phenomenal building because Mm -hmm. we like literally love our church and we talk about all the events that we do and we're there all the time. And I remember when we walked, when we brought them into, I think we were doing a VBS one night and they came with us. Um, They were like, this is your church. And they were kind of like, not that it was an ugly place, but they Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be like this magnificent building. Yeah. Um, and that might be what you're saying is that our church pours more into outreach and ministries than expanding and making things bigger. Uh, that's the way that I feel about it. Um, I, I think we're also like instantly shot back to the example of Paul, you know, and the thorn in his side and whatnot. Like if, if we were perfect and we were all rich <laughs> we would be less attractive to the people that need God. That That's the way I see about I see it. That. The, the more, the more humble it is. God doesn't need us all to be rich and, and a good Lord thing. We don't all need to be rich. We all say we would want to be rich, but I, I don't know if that's the actual case because then you, then you just sign up for all kinds of memberships and whatnot and got a thousand bills a month and, but uh, as a church, we need to be attractive to people who need us. And if we went to, let's say, to an outreach event and our church, I'm not saying it would be a bad thing, but everybody rolls up in, in foreign luxury vehicles with 22-inch rims on it and they're all shiny and whatnot and all that. I, I don't know how relatable we are at that right. point in time. Like Jesus was a real person. He wasn't a rich guy he going around just, he didn't sling slinging jewelry. <laughs> yeah. He didn't just like a, a king going down the, the street would like open up a treasure chest and just throw money at people. Like yeah. you're not buying you think their about, loyalty. Yeah. You think about Aladdin when all those Kings would come in on yes. their big, like elephants. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And all of that. Yeah. Like that's, that's not what it's about. Like God doesn't buy our loyalty. That's why he doesn't, he knows money's an issue. What money's, I don't know there's statistics it's mentioned 45,000 times in the Bible or it's it's mentioned just as many times as this is or something like it's it's important because it is a nasty topic and it people get divorced over it families break up mm-hmm. over it like it it's a big it's a big deal maybe even Dave Ramsey gave statistics that like money issues are one of like one of the main reasons it's for divorce for divorce <clears throat> yeah yeah it is um yeah, so we're getting ready to start our Saturday morning money meetings tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I feel like if Je- if I could 
if I could have seen your face when I sent that text and you read it, I bet you would have been like elated. I sent you a smiley face and like, are we really having smiley money face. meetings? I sent you a smiley face and he doesn't ever send smiley faces. Oh, I'm not an emoji person. I don't really get that but language. It's hieroglyphics. A smiley face. Um, we, it, it cannot become an issue between us. I don't want it to ever be an issue between us. The, the, if we have a lot of money or a little money, we should always be on the same page from it. Cause it is not my money. And, uh, it's not, is it your money? It's no. always my money. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it, it, it's our money. And, you know, some marriages have rules where you're allowed to spend, you're allowed to make purchases under $50 without the other person's buy-in. But if, you know, or there's like a couple hundred dollar limit or something, <clears throat> people have some of those rules. Those are boundaries, which for some people they may it works great. They may need that, you right? Know? Yeah, monthly installments of forty nine dollars, and you can buy whatever you want without approval from the other one, right? I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, if you if you need approval for something fifty dollars, and you're like, well, what if I pay you forty nine dollars at a time to buy this thousand dollar thing? Then I don't need approval. For... Oh, I see what you're I'm saying. I'm just saying there are ways to skirt the system. We should just be on the same page. Well, don't tell all the secrets for everybody listening. I My goodness, nobody, I hope nobody's doing that. Um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so money is a big um, problem, can be a big problem. Money um, isn't. Greed for money. Like you said, the, the love, love of money. Yeah. Of there money. you go. There you go. So do you feel like in your life you've ever loved money to that point? Yeah. Yeah? I, I mean, there are, yeah. I feel like I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I truly have because I don't feel like I've ever had like okay. a lot of it. <laughs> like the, I feel like I've been like. The enjoyment of spending money. I do love to spend okay, money. Okay, I would think that that's kind of like you have to love thing. money, yeah. I guess, it's similar to that, you yeah. know. We all love to spend money. I love I love to see a savings account go up. I do too, but it's <laughs> I, I get it, but it's not fun. It's not fun. It is to me yeah, to see that go fun. up, but is that greed? Is it maybe that's not always the best use of that money? Um, a guy at work who I used to travel with a lot of salesmen at work when we were getting big into debt reduction years ago, um, and starting to save money, I told him, you know, we're just, we're stopping spending money. We're not doing anything. He goes, Oh, that sounds great. He goes, I I really love the way you're thinking. He goes, just please enjoy your kids while they're at the age where they actually want to hang out with you. Yeah. Cause one day he had older kids. They're, I don't know, 10 years older than ours or something. He goes one day. They will not want to hang out with you. He goes, so do that, be responsible, but enjoy life at the same time. And you don't, to enjoy life, think how much fun you can have in like six inches of water in a baby pool in the backyard. You know, kids will eat that up too. You don't have to spend. But think about how much. (laughs) I know what you're going to say. I know. Hey, I did hear a statistics. When, When you go to Michigan, you were never more than 85 miles away from a beach. Well, that's close. Interesting. That's I think, close. I think Luke 12, 19 is what you were kind of talking about. Then I can Michigan? say to myself, <laughs> then I can say to myself, I have enough good things stored to last for many years. Rest, eat, drink, and enjoy life. Yes. Yep. That's, that's right. A, that's the goal when we were talking about money and not loving it, but storing it up wisely to be able to support you in a time where you may need it down the road. Um, you know, no couple, no person, no family is 
um, not subject to hard life circumstances where tragedy happens, accidents happen. And so it's good to be wise with what you do have. So make those wise decisions. That's what I was saying. Like when you get money, you know, are you being tested? Is it, do you need to do something good with it and set it aside? It's also (laughs) not just money, but like, let's say vacation time. Like I've been at my job over 16 years now. I I get a really good vacation time and you can spend that time to, to do good works. Like God gave me a lot of vacation time and I'm, I'm taking at least one week off this year to work and be with children at camp. I could be taking a second week off to, to help support. Maybe you go into camp, like spending the vacation time to do ministry. Maybe you have a lot of vacation time at work. You don't got any money to go anywhere. Well, use your vacation time and do a missions trip or do a missions thing or something. You can still spend and, uh, sacrifice your resources to servant and, and worship God. Think of, think of that. Like if you take a vacation at work, I've always wanted to do a mission trip. Like I, I would, I really want to do that. I want to do yeah, it as I a family. I was just talking about that with a girlfriend last night. Yeah. She went on a mission trip to Guatemala and loved it, you yep. know, and they are very good with money. They went through the Dave Ramsey class years ago and have been able to get themselves to where they're only about in the last couple of years, I think of their mortgage and then they're mm-hmm. completely debt free. Um, but she's like, there's just so much freedom and peace knowing that when something comes, it's already been, um, set aside yep. to where it's not causing issues between her and her husband. It's not causing issues in their family. Um, and so, I think that's important. Like, it was just nice to hear the peace. I love like Dave Ramsey said, don't you want to be in a financial position where you can, you walk into work on Monday and you realize that the people there aren't friendly and whatnot and all that stuff. And you turn around and you just start walking out they're like, where are you going? And you're like, I don't need this, you know, and you can Mm -hmm. just, you have freedom. You're not strapped down by a crap job. I think in a miserable life. I know. And when you say that, that's kind of where I was, the Lord dealt with me this week about, and that's why I texted you about the money meetings is because thank you, Lord. He was just showing me where he wanted, wants to take me and, you know, in my ministry. And he was telling me that it, it's not moving forward because you're not honing in on what you have right now and taking care of those issues. So those things that we have, those outstanding bills that we may have, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's my goal. I, I was telling in our Dave Ramsey class about there are so many people who have a career and work a career for however many years, 50 years or whatever, <clears throat> absolutely hate their job, but they're in a lifestyle that they need the money mm-hmm. in order to survive <clears throat> and not even fulfilling any of their passions. You know, those God given passions in their heart, you know, the people that go through life and just don't aren't able to put themselves in a situation financially to where you can freely operate in your God-given gifts and talents mm-hmm. and your passions and the ministry that God wants to do through you, but you have all these things that you have to pay for. And so it can't happen. And that's kind of what he was dealing with me about is you have all these things that you don't need and you want to go here but you guys, we've got to get your stuff together. You know, did he show you a list 
of things that we might might physically need to get rid of. Uh, Brooke keeps threatening with uh, a yard sale or a garage sale or stuff, but But she's only eyeballing my stuff. (laughs) It's because I don't have anything worth selling. Oh, oh, I bet we could label some stuff. But like simplifying your life. Yes. You know, um, we don't have to have everything. Nope. That's what society and culture teaches us and advertises is that we need all the stuff. And I'm like, we don't need it. We Mm-mm. don't need it. The more stuff you have, the more problems. That's right. Listen. More stuff, more problems. Can we? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not exactly how the lyrics go. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, a simple life. People wonder, what am I supposed to do with life? And what's my purpose and all that? And it is very simple. We are to love our Lord God above anything else in this world, mm-hmm. whether that be money or a house or a car or a truck or four-wheeler or anything, um, even our family. If we love God first, our purpose will be revealed and you will be happy. You get your happiness through him. Seek first the kingdom. Yes. And everything else will be added to you. And that's what... God desires. That's right. So easy. <clears throat> so this has been super fun. Um, thanks for listening, you guys. I This has been more of a talk on money, I feel like, rather than greed. But we talked a little bit about greed. And um, we just want to make sure that we're pulling all those roots out that the world and the enemy tend to shove down. Any last remarks or do you want to pray? Uh, no, I don't really have any last remarks. If I keep talking, I'm sure I will say something. I know but, we're uh, already over like yeah. a lot of time. Uh, yeah. So just pray. Let's, let's close us in prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for uh, you casting your vision into people so that uh, you may get more glory from them serving you. Uh, we thank you for your provision in all of the ministry efforts. Uh, we thank you for... Um, humble people in the church who who help uh, finance it. Lord, we thank you for leaders who properly use those finances to uh, give you glory and to uh, help people out in this world, Lord, as it is our mission as Christians to love people. Uh, We ask that you work all of our hearts and our minds over, that you help us uh, look at money as a tool to serve you and to get you more glory, Lord God, and not necessarily just to satisfy the needs of our flesh in this life. Uh, Please be with us every day and all the little decisions that we make so that you may get the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Right. So I love you guys. Challenge for you this week. Go out and be a cheerful giver. Try to find somewhere, someplace, some ministry, some charity, somebody next to you. And cheerfully give this week. True Selfie fam, it is Brooke, and I just wanted to take a minute and thank you so much for listening to our episode today. I wanted to let you know that there are plenty of ways that you can support this podcast. What you just did right now is supporting it just by listening, and I just want to say I appreciate your listen. But there are other ways to support by sharing on your social media platforms, leaving a star or review from wherever you are listening from, or you can financially support, whether it be through clicking the More Feature tab, you'll see a link that says Support This Podcast. 
podcast, and that gives you the flexibility to do small monthly contributions. That's right, as little as 99 cents. And you can also support through my website. It's brookgunther.com by clicking the donate tab where you can do one-time contributions or monthly contributions um, that are accepted through PayPal, or you can use your debit or credit card. However you support, I just want you to know that I appreciate you. Thank you.